0: Welcome to Creators by Moonlight, real conversations with content creators.
1: Monica Rivera is a model and actor, originally from Puerto Rico. She's steadily been building her career, coupling her skills with marketing prowess. In this interview, she talks about moving to the mainland US, leveraging social media, and the state of diversity in the arts.
0: I was born and raised in Ceiba, Puerto Rico, which I'm extremely proud of. I am a very proud Boricua, which is essentially what we call people from the island. And I was born on a military base, so I'm also a military brat as well. Daily life in Puerto Rico for me as a child, honestly, probably the most perfect scenic thing I could imagine. It's pretty much the reason why I really cling to my childhood and I feel so connected to it because it was very much like something straight out of like a Hallmark movie where, you know, the beaches are perfect, the families are kind, everyone's very, even if you're, let's say, what would be considered foreign, um, you're always embraced and I've always, you know, trying my best to stick with having that mentality that Puerto Ricans have, which is always just to embrace one another and always to really just lead with genuine kindness and intention. I feel like sometimes when you move around in the mainland in the States, you can kind of get away from that and it feels a little bit more hardened. But like growing up on the island, everyone is just so welcoming and there's all different shades of people. There's not really, at least for my upbringing. There wasn't really a discrepancy between whether you were this or that or part of this class or that class. It was always just very, everyone was looking to embrace one another and everyone was looking to support one another, whether you're, you know, making jokes, picking on people in a kind way, in a funny way, or just trying to uplift one another. Just, it's just something different about being on the island. It's really hard to describe it unless you experience it. I distinctly remember singing that one song. I can't remember the artist. We're the kids of America. That was something that was always prayed around. You'd always see the U.S. flag. So it never felt as though I was some outsider pertaining to America. It was once I actually kind of transferred to the mainland states is when you had kind of had that weird discrepancy for the most part. But yeah, living on the island it's not really... Uh, At least as a young child, I never really felt like a distinctive like, oh, I am this over this. It was always a combination of both, essentially, because when you're Puerto Rican, you're many things, you're Black, you're Indigenous, you're Spaniard. And then if your other parent happens to be other things, you're all of those as well. So that's kind of what I mean by everyone on the island is very much open to embrace people because we're just naturally mixed with so many different things and a part of so many different cultures essentially is what makes up our culture altogether i was much better about being fluent on the island and i kind of lost it growing up just because my mom would always speak to me in spanish um but i'd always respond in english because my dad would always speak in english so it's uh i'm kind of a, a spanglish kid right now but i'm definitely working on retraining myself to be able to be fully fluent again I actually went to a DOD school or Department of Defense school on the military base. So it's very, um, very much a part of my foundation growing up as a child. And I really kind of fell in love with the arts, theater, anything really creative and anything to garner attention as a kid. I love doing because I was part of essentially like an after school program as similar to, I guess, what you have in the mainland would be like the Boys and Girls Club or YMCA, that type of thing. Um, but it was called something different because it was a different program back at the island. But I would always do all these sorts of performances. I was in ballet, very briefly in karate as well. But really, anything I could do can, to kind of get my energy out and really just be able to work with other people. And I always write stories for myself as well. I want to say I moved to Jacksonville in like, uh, I want to say like 2004-ish. Yeah, around 2004. And my first impression of Jacksonville, honestly, it wasn't the best. One of the first things, of course, growing up on the island, I grew up pretty much always near a beach and being in the Caribbean, the water is like this most beautiful blue to transparent. You can always see yourself in the water. And I went to Jacksonville Beach and I just remember my mom taking me there and me like being terrified because the water was kind of gross looking. And I asked her, is the water sick? So it was one of those things where it's like it wasn't always the best impression. But even as a child, I kind of always approached everything as an adventure for the most part. And um, even when I'm doing things I don't necessarily want to do or you know, going to places I think might be kind of boring, I'm like, well, let me see if I can make an adventure out of this. How can I entertain myself? And so while it wasn't the best first impression, because I thought it was just a little grimy personally, just based off of the beach, I kind of just found ways to make it fun for myself, Jacksonville as a whole. Initially, as a kid, I actually wanted to be a manga artist or a comic book artist. And so once I left the island from Puerto Rico, I kind of was getting back into that again. I was very recluse, very shy, just because like, I wasn't with anyone that I had knew growing up, essentially. And it, it was just a very awkward, kind of painful time for me. But I was able, I feel like, to rediscover myself and get back into everything through my arts, because that's the best way I knew how to connect with what I love. If you're someone that's not too familiar with manga or anime, it is just a Japanese style of comic book. Um, My father actually initially got me into comic books, but they were more, I guess, the classic American style. Think of like Archie or like superhero comics like Batman or Superman. And I was introduced through that and then just by browsing in the library one day I remember seeing some manga books but I didn't know what they were and my first friend that I actually made when I came to the states was also someone that was military and she was Japanese as well so she actually was the one that I believe her name was Serena and she introduced me to these comic books and I just thought they were so interesting because as a kid that always loved drawing it was just cool to see this different style of art being used and how it was super expressive. And even beforehand, I would watch things like Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh! And some of those classic ones, but I just never read it in comic book form. So after I met Serena, she introduced me to it and she just gave me some recommendations. And then I went to the library one day and I picked out a whole bunch that I thought just strictly off of the cover, what I thought looked cool. And it kind of became an addiction from there. It's something where If you were a kid that was like an average reader, I I say this very loosely, like an average reader in grade school when you had to keep a log and write all this stuff down, it made you feel kind of cool reading manga because you could like easily put away a couple books in a day. So that was another thing I really liked about it. And um, my dad took notice of me reading all these books. And at one point, he bought me some of the um, how to draw manga books and I... Kept on checking them out from the library too, and I was just addicted going to the library and trying to find out more information. I would just trace, draw, and then keep going from there to the point where I was good enough, and I had friends actually asking me to make them characters. And I would—that was kind of like my side hustle. I think this was around middle school. I would just sell caricatures, and even like if people wanted like little comic strips, I'd make them. um, I think for like maybe five or ten bucks or something. I don't know how much they were but that's pretty much what I did it was just a little obsession of mine i felt really comfortable being able to get loose in all those little worlds that you know are super just really flamboyant really extra or they can be more um dramatic kind of similar to like how k dramas are very just just extra <laughs> and there's like a lot of drama and stuff going on so i don't know it was just something i thought was like really fun especially as a kid to you know In a way, it's like a a little bit more respectful way to stay youthful and stay into cartoons. It seemed more acceptable to enjoy that versus like if you're still, if you're like 20 and you're watching some of these like little kid cartoons. From wanting to start off just being a comic book writer to falling in love with theater and acting, loving dance. I started taking like art classes at D.A., For people not familiar with Jacksonville, Florida, um, Douglas Anderson, which is the pretty big art school that a lot of creatives end up going to. Or in my case, I purposely flunked the interview because I just didn't want my creative habits to feel like work in the end because I heard from lots of kids it kind of ruined it for them. But they did have like after school programs you can go ahead and take and everything. So I did that for a little bit. And actually, while in high school, my concentration was in IT. So it was kind of like a weird thing where I was split between, you know, wanting to do all these creative things. Um, I even commissioned like my first painting at 12 or so. But um, I started just keeping on with um, really staying on track with what I wanted to do. Creatively with my extracurricular activities, but also my main concentration as far as schooling goes. It was never really art, it was never really theater, it was never any of those things. It had always been more technical.
1: Monica experimented with several different career paths, but eventually returned to her love of the arts.
0: I had been in a special program as a part of my high school that prepared you for a route in IT. So all four years of high school, I had some technical courses that I would take, whether it be programming, building my own programs, like simple things like calculator programs, or even what else? Oh, I built a computer. And even I had my first internship with a Fortune 500 company doing GIS analytics at just like 15, 16 so I felt super prepared as far as like what I'd be doing in college, just because I had all those things under my belt. So I felt like, oh, that's what's going to differentiate myself. And even when I submitted um, my college application, I got accepted right away into, what was it? The computer science program, I believe, at UNF, when typically that's something you have to take a few classes for and then be able to admit yourself to. But I was able to get into it right away. Ironically, for the computer program in my high school, there actually were a good amount of women. Um, we were actually the majority and we kind of had our own little group too. We'd help one another when it came to trying to pass um, some of our certifications like the Comp DA course. course. And, and that's why I was so comfortable with it because in my mind, I was like, okay, if this is just like how it is in high school, it's fine. Now, when it came to when I was in college, I was the one of the only girls and one of the only minorities as well. So it went from having, you know, the typical support that a girl would have in school to being in an environment where I definitely felt a little bit more ridiculed. and I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb and I'm no stranger to being somewhat of a lone wolf, but it, it was just in a, in a way that was really, really off-putting that made me completely deterred by, you know, just the major and being in tech altogether. The reality of college and the reality of life hitting me kind of took me way off that track. And just now, later, as you know, someone in my mid-20s now, I feel like I'm kind of going back towards that path in a more, I feel what would be a better educated sense of what to expect from the world. I feel like in a way, I never really left it because if I wasn't doing it for you know what would be considered a job, I did it for just therapy for myself for stressful relief. If I was upset, I would sit down and paint. If I was hurt, I would go outside and draw like whatever I needed to do to relieve myself. That's kind of what I would do. As far as like professionally, I never really did anything like theater professionally. It was always like, Just for, you know, high school plays and things of that nature. It wasn't until later on in college is actually when I found out like, oh, no, you can actually make legitimate money doing this if you calculate yourself in a certain way. And I found that to be pretty interesting. And then I switched from computer science into, I believe it was graphic design, something of that realm. And so I was like, okay, this is a, maybe a happy medium for me. And I found out I also hated that because I just didn't like having people tell me what to do when it came to making stuff. So I just went ahead and switched into marketing, which is like, okay, you know, at least if people are telling me what to do, it can be not, you know, certain things. And I focus on that for them, but I still add my flair to some extent. But after doing marketing for some time, it was just something where I was like, uh, uh If I had to take instructions from people, I'd rather be, you know, back maybe in IT where you can be left alone for the most part and still be getting paid. But I feel like no matter what I've been doing throughout my lifetime, there's always been art attached to me in one way or another. I may not be actively doing it, maybe, but I feel like I'm still investing my time and energy into it, whether that be going to a museum or just like admiring someone else's work. At the end of the day, no matter what, I still feel like I will always be attached to art in one way or another. It's never going to be something I really retire from. I feel like no matter what, I'm always going to be invested in one way or another because I have to be. I don't know how else to really live my life without having just a very, I guess, passionate and romantic way to um, have an outlook towards life and the way I expend my energy out to the world.
1: Monica slowly ventured into modeling and acting and eventually realized they could be viable career paths.
0: So a lot of the stuff in a weird way kind of started off as an accident or a happy accident. At the time, one of my roommates, she was a photographer and I had expressed some interest in uh, modeling. So she's like, oh well, why don't we go in a little photo shoot? Oh, we did that. And the photos came out like... They actually came out like okay. It was actually freezing cold and I was pretending not to be. And she ended up getting a cold. But even then, she said, well, why don't you go into some of the local boutiques and just ask to see if they need a model? And I was like, okay. I had no really idea what that would even mean for me. And what's funny is I think I only went to two. One of them ended up having a fashion show and I was put on their posters and all this other stuff around Jacksonville, which was really fun. So that was exciting for the first time. The second one didn't call me or really ask for me at all until maybe like a year or two later. And then I was actually ended up all over like their websites and um, used in their ads that they used in all their different stores because initially they were just local to Jacksonville and they ended up expanding, I think, all across the East Coast. So that's kind of how I got started into modeling just because my friend told me like, Hey, walk into these two stores and see what happens. And it ended up being really cool. And from there, um, because before I never really was into Instagram or anything. I think this was like 2017-ish or so. So she just told me like, yeah, just keep taking good photos and posting them. And I would and then more photographers would reach out to me. And I think so far I've gotten scouted online a total of like three times by, you know, in different periods of my life to get modeling contracts. So like, I just kind of kept at it. And then as far as acting goes, I believe it was a kind of like a wrap party after one of the runway shows, the host, her daughter had been background for Stranger Things. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. That's one of my favorite shows. And like, how does she get into this? something like that? And she's, she just gave me the information and she's like, you know, it's usually pretty hard to get in. So you don't get your hopes up. But you know, it doesn't hurt to try. I was like, Okay, cool. Um, I submitted my information and like didn't hear back for a while. So I was like freaking out kind of sad. And then I submitted my stuff one more time. And I heard back almost immediately within like five minutes. And I was like, Oh, crap, this might actually happen. And then I think they asked for like a, like a mini dancing audition. Like, oh, or, you know, you say you can dance, like prove it. And I was like, oh, crap. So I have this really embarrassing video of me dancing to uh, Michael Jackson because I love him. And I thought that song was appropriate for the audition since it's like 80s stuff. And I sent it. And then right away, I got my stuff back that I was booked to be core background, which I didn't know what that meant. But that essentially meant they would rely on me for more than, you know, just one or two scenes. And so I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily acting, but it was my first introduction. Into just like the entertainment industry as a whole and seeing this big, large Netflix production in person. And I got featured my very first day. Pretty much, I just got pulled aside and they're like, okay, we're gonna film this scene and we need you to be here, here, and here and turn at this point. I was like, oh, okay. And usually that doesn't really happen, but it happened to me and I was super excited. I made, I mean, all the people that I met while working on that set, a lot of them I'm still friends with to this day. And um, it became almost like a really fun summer camp, essentially. And it was kind of major for me, not because of the show, but because I was also really, really reclused. I had never driven more than 30 minutes to go anywhere because I was just so bad at driving, so scared at driving. And Atlanta from Jacksonville was like a, a solid like six hours. So I had to pretty much... I finished my... When I worked at a restaurant... I finished my serving shift super late and I had to get up super early, like at one or two in the morning and then drive to make it to my call time a little bit earlier than, you know, I think it was maybe like 10 o'clock or something. So if all of this is happening on, on like about three hours of sleep, I think. and But I'm like pure adrenaline. I even like forgot to book an Airbnb for myself. And like one of the girls on set just happened to be a college student. She's like, oh, just come over to my dorm and like hang with me. And like everything kind of just happened in a very miraculous way for me. And I was having so much fun that I was like, okay, uh, this is fun, I'll keep doing it. And I did background for a couple of other shows. And then after that, I was like meeting more actors. I was like, okay, well maybe I should, maybe try doing this a little bit more seriously. Try actually saying words and start auditioning and at the end of the day i made a bet with myself i submitted for a tv pilot and i told myself this is actually really crazy modeling is already really lucrative this is insane but if i can book my first audition i'll go ahead and continue doing this even though i might be going against the odds since i may be auditioning against people who have been doing it since they were five and have been training with you know the best of the best and I got a call back and I was like okay cool let me try this and I was like crap I might actually have to keep this promise and what's funny is I ended up booking for that TV pilot but it ended up never filming because it never got the budget to actually film it so it was a really kind of funny way of I feel like god speaking to me and telling me like yeah you're going to do this but you're definitely going to have to work a little bit you know harder next time so that's kind of how I got into acting and ever since then I've kept working on sets I've had it's been weird I've just been Kind of questioning myself here and there along the way because I know there are a lot of people who have more traditional, you know, backgrounds when it comes to training for this kind of thing. And every time it's funny, I question myself, and then I'll get like, "Oh, someone just wants me for this commercial," or "Hey, do you think you'd be able to do this?" And it's just like it, it kind of just happened in a very—I don't know. Again, I say miraculous because I really think it is. I never expected I would be doing it and doing it seriously, but um, things kind of just worked out. Ever since that moment of you know. That person's mom giving me that information for that casting call I was like I need to find a way to give back in some way. I, anytime I see something that doesn't really apply to me, um, I just kind of put it out there for the world to see, and you know whoever else will be you know the Monica Rivera that has her first little moment doing background or even like their first lead. Hopefully, I can be in some way help to that. Honestly, in a weird way, I feel like I haven't had too much of a sense of lack in any of this because I feel like I've always been just bumping into the right person. So as far as like when I started doing the background work stuff, I was like, Oh, I didn't know. Like I started meeting people that actually do it. Like that's their thing. They don't care about being like actors on screen. They're fine with just being professional background actors. And there was one person one day that just gave me a comprehensive list of every single uh, background agency in Atlanta. And they're like, look through these pages, follow them and just apply, apply, apply to stuff. So that's all I did for one summer. Like that was my job. I quit serving and I just became a background actor and I was able to pay rent, bills, my car, everything just by doing that. So I was like, okay, this is actually pretty cool. And then in essence, because I was connected to other people that were working on set, they're like, oh, but I have friends that are actors. You should talk to them too. That's what you're interested in. And To this day, I'm still friends with him. My wonderful, lovely friend, Jackson, um, he sat me down and he's like, yeah, I'm signed with this agency. I actually, his very first um, opportunity to be on set, if I recall correctly, is because he went to an acting class and there just happened to be a casting agent sitting in the room and they were looking for someone to be um, adjacent to the lead. I can't remember her name, but um, there was a lot of big names with this movie and they just picked him out and they're like okay you're going to be our love interest for our you know star here and that's how he got started with acting and you know he got connected to agents and all this other stuff and explained everything to me so and then of course taking classes and everything so for me i feel like it was more so not a lack of information cuz i again i'm very obsessive. So, if I find something that I'm interested in, I'll just sit down and like watch YouTube tutorials, do research, study, study, study a- until I feel like I'm more knowledgeable. But really, I found that I got a lot of information from I only take advice from people that are doing what I want to do or, or in a place that I want to be in essentially at some point in the future. So, I just looked for those people and like double, triple check their credentials and asked them. A million and one questions. And I feel like instead of learning in a more traditional setting like a school, I just kind of learned through life and learned through talking to people, essentially, and making all those network industry connections to the point where I'm even friends with the director who has a brand new show coming out on Peacock. And that's when he was just working in photography and working on his reels and stuff. It's really just... I feel like what also made entertainment really fun for me Even if you're someone that knows absolutely nothing, I feel like if you find the right people and you do right by others, and you're willing to do the work and the research, you're really able to kind of just progress really quickly with it. So I never felt like I had too much of a sense of like, oh, where do I go from here? Just because like I turn around just from even doing simple background tasks or talking to other people. They'd be like, oh, try talking to so-and-so. And And there's always someone willing to pinpoint you in a direction that's good for the most part. So I had been planning to move to Atlanta for quite some time. Essentially, after I had that first summer, I was like, oh, wow, I made so many more friends who are kind of in alignment with what I want to do. And there's even other opportunities for things that are technical as well. So it's like a nice little mixing pot of everything. And then I also felt very embraced. So what ended up happening, unfortunately, there was miscommunication with my family in regards to my sister. And they ended up essentially kicking us out because of that. And me being the older sister that I am that is very headstrong, I was like, screw it. I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. And um, from there, we went to Orlando for a little bit. And even she felt it wasn't a good fit. And she was like, well, why don't you? Why don't we go to Atlanta? You always talk about it. And I love hearing your stories. Let's try and make it work. So. I essentially took everything and took a big leap of faith with my sister and I moved on over to Atlanta. And at first I was just, were my friends, but it turns out they kind of weren't in the end. Um, And ended up hopping from there to an Airbnb for a little bit. And it was even really weird because I was still pursuing a lot of my professional, (laughs) a lot of my um, professional projects as well. I had to come back to Orlando for a commercial then go back up to Atlanta for other stuff or immediately as soon as I got to Atlanta I was on set for something and then ended up just finding like a nice little apartment for myself and I also ended up meeting who now is my partner um, while I was here and it was kind of just a, a very much a whirlwind of you know you see those quotes online where like oh your life can change in six months that literally is pretty much what happened within the I think I came here in March and just six months after the fact, my life was completely changed, completely different. And that's essentially what brought me to Atlanta. It was, you know, that occurrence. I'm on much better terms with my family now. Um, we're still working on healing, essentially, our relationship. But I think, in a weird way, that bad occurrence is what led to facilitating healing. Um, it also led to me having experienced a lot more growth and mentally being able to forgive more and just overall with my career and every aspect of my life. So it was something not so good in the beginning as far as the reasoning behind it. I've always wanted to be in Atlanta, but now I'm here and I'm thriving. I'm very much happy with everything in my life here. And I get to work on some really cool sets now. I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm going to be able to make it in time and things like that. And that's essentially how I got myself here. Just just a lot of craziness happening at once to come to this one beautiful moment of weird because essentially I've been booked for something just about every single month that I'm up here. And when people say full-time acting, it's just weird to hear that because I never really consider it as like a full-time thing. I just consider it as, you know, this is what I do. Um, I don't really put it in the same perimeter, I guess, as like a day job, but um, I do work remotely. I still do some marketing work. Um, So when I'm not on set, I'm doing that or just promotional, um, things and then modeling as well. Uh, modeling definitely has more so particular seasons, uh, more so at the end of August and in February. And sometimes in between you can find, you know, just casual things as well. So I feel like I'm never, I'm not really full-time per se. I would love to be a full-time actor, but I feel like all of my energy is kind of divvied up evenly between all of my little jobs and businesses and things. I feel like I scared myself more about the agent part than what was necessary. Cause I feel like a lot of people getting into acting at first think they need to have an agent to validate themselves as a professional actor. And the truth of the matter is that you don't, um, it does help for certain particular like TV roles and everything. But I believe I was able to get an agent and my agent actually in, um, While I was still in Jacksonville, I applied for this agent in Atlanta. But that is because I showed on my resume that I had been doing work in Atlanta previously. And I would just, every so often, I would make the drive up for certain roles or gigs. And I think that's what kind of helped, even though I wasn't living in Atlanta at the time, just showing that, hey, I not only am willing to travel to location, but I have a consistent record of doing so. I think that's what made a difference aside from one of my actual major film credits. Was for a DC film, so I think if it wasn't for that, I think it would have been a little bit harder. Even though it was non-speaking, it was still a SAG uh, under a SAG contract because while I wasn't memorizing lines, I was memorizing choreography, which again aligns with my you know upbringing of being a dancer. I think that really helped to make a difference too. And you know, just the fact that uh, she was willing to let me audition for her really helped. Another thing too is. I was able, I think through one of the projects I did in Atlanta, the director's name was Brittany. She actually connected me to her agent. So if you're someone who is struggling with being able to at least have the opportunity to audition for these agents, try just making friends with some people on their roster. Not in a disingenuine way, but just genuinely like, hey, I really would like to have the opportunity to be able to at least try to be signed by this person. Can I use your name as a reference? And the reference and my credit, I think, really helped me. And then just overall, my track record of being willing to make that drive or take the plane to go to Atlanta and work there frequently, because that's where I knew I wanted to be signed first. Ironically, I had more issues getting signed in Florida than I did in... um Atlanta, because I want to do more theatrical than commercial work. Uh, Florida definitely had more commercial work. But I was like, oh, I figured this would be a little bit easier. And it was like the complete opposite for me. So I think those are little tips and tricks you can utilize for getting an agent. I think a lot of people too rely too much on trying to just get stuff back from student films or indie films and things of that nature. Um, one of my other mentors he really just said, if you're able to at least film something that looked like it could be put in a movie yourself and strictly it could be off of your iPhone, you don't have to have the best camera in the world. Putting that together and just being able to send that off to someone speaks volumes over someone who just put up a blue piece of paper or something or a gray sheet on a wall and recorded themselves doing a monologue because at least it's showing that you have a little bit more effort and trying to impress this person and show them, I see myself in X, Y, and Z role, So that helps them be able to see what you see in yourself.
1: Monica believes potential actors need to take an active role in marketing themselves in order to advance their careers.
0: Marketing is definitely everything in this industry. Because of the fact that there's so many more opportunities available to people who would uh, otherwise be unknown, because before the sob story for actors would be, you know, I had $5 in my wallet and I just got in my car and drove to Los Angeles and like hoped that someone would scout me, something of that sort. But now you don't even have to go through that. You can simply market yourself well enough online and people pick up on you. I mean, I've even gotten. One role that I got recently, I think in Augusta, Georgia, was because she saw my TikTok and she was appreciative of my TikTok. And she said, hey, um, thank you for helping me find someone for my short film. There's a role I could potentially offer you just off of that. So while a lot of people, I feel like there's kind of that... I don't want to make it seem like it's kind of a boomer versus millennial mindset where, you know, some people think it's stupid to invest so much in social media and websites and things of that nature. But what they don't understand, they're actually being able, you're, you're able to take back your power as an actor and at least get seen by these people. The thing is, like, it doesn't matter what your follower count is. It doesn't matter if you have the best website, the worst website, whatever. It matters of whether or not these people are going to be able to see you. Now you have so many casting calls that are just put out in the open online for just about anyone to audition for or if they're looking for something very specific, giving these people the opportunity to be able to do that. Marketing to me is everything because you can be the best actor, you can be the most talented dancer, the most talented singer. But if no one can see you, then you're not really going to be able to further yourself in your career. I mean, that's a whole point why people will wait in line for hours to audition for American Idol. Sometimes it's not even being able to be on American Idol. It's being able to just be seen through that audition that ends up getting them you know, other deals and things of that nature. So I think marketing, essentially for me, is what has propelled my career because I didn't necessarily go through the most traditional means of getting scouted in person. I got scouted virtually and because of you know even just through modeling i would post my photos i had an agent all the way up in canada that reached out to me and that was the whole reason i went to new york for my first time was to see these proper modeling agencies in new york so it's one of those things where you never know who's watching and you never know who could be following you you never know you know everyone had a cell phone in their hand no you know you never really know where that one picture where that one tape where that one audition will land. So take advantage of it as much as you can because, you know, maybe you're able to have an exponential growth on social media. You know, again, a double-edged sword, some people hate it, some people love it. That matters now because if an executive producer sees that, oh, you know, if I'm putting money in this project and this one kid who did X, Y, and Z on TikTok or whatever, is gonna bring in the followers that'll watch something, then there's an opportunity for someone. Again, before, it was always that sob story of, oh, I just moved to New York or I moved to LA with nothing in my pocket. I slept on floors. Now you don't have to do that necessarily. You can actually demonstrate your skills and your talent on these free platforms and potentially get seen by someone that could change your life. So I think marketing, as much as people say like, oh, I I need to do that, I need to do this later. No, do it now because you never know what opportunity it can lead to now. I always try my best to, you know, plan things ahead if I can. There's even a point where you can make it like automated for yourself so you don't have to think about having to post every single moment. Obviously that's not the only thing that matters. Still hone your skills, but you have to be able to efficiently run yourself as a business. That means being able to do your own marketing. If, you know, you have the skills to build a website, it doesn't have to be the best. They have a lot of them that are comprehensive. Do it updating your imdb it's a small cost but i think it's something that's sufficient because it shows that you're professional one thing that i think has always stuck with me is that if you kind of show that you're doing things in a way where it looks like you're making no event uh investment it makes you look cheap it looks like you're not serious about the craft it looks like you're not serious about how you want to present yourself so other people won't take you seriously So always take yourself as serious as you can. Have all those things. It may take a day, it may take a week, it may take a couple months, but as long as you're making baby steps to try to get those things together, it'll make a huge difference in your career. Posting on social media can definitely be a scary thing, but that's part of the thrill of it for me. Everything that I do in one way or another, I feel is like to push myself out of my comfort zone. Whether it is me being that sorry little girl, that is too afraid to drive 30 minutes out into the same city to six hours into another major city. I just tell myself to essentially get over it. I try to weigh the pros and the cons. The one thing I think people are not really afraid of, of putting their content out there for themselves. I think they're more so afraid of being judged by their peers or being made fun of by their peers. And that does cross my mind every so often, but my idea behind it has been like if you're going to make fun of me for trying to essentially have some growth or see if something would work for me, you're not really my friend. And then in the end if it's something that ends up working for myself, then you know, I gained everything and more as far as knowledge as how to do better or how to help others. So, yeah, it's always going to be a little intimidating. People can be mean online. Comments can be ruthless, but my favorite button in the world is a block button and I use it frequently. And there is one thing that I saw a while ago where it's basically like, oh my gosh, I'm being cyberbullied. What do I do? And then the character just comes up and like shuts the, the laptop. And that's the way I view it. It's like, okay, if someone, you know, has the gall to just attack me or berate me for whatever. At the end of the day, I could turn off my phone, I can shut my laptop, I can go out in the woods and just walk and forget it because it's, it's a separate reality. It's a separate world from what's actually going on around you. So there's no need to get super invested to the point where it's like ruining your emotional state. I would say for my favorite platform, I've been learning to love TikTok a lot. Ironically, I would talk so much smack about it because I thought it was stupid because it was just to me like a revamp of, of another app. I think it's called Musical.ly or something. But then I started like, getting into it and I found out like, oh, it's not just people dancing. You can actually find out a lot of pretty awesome information in just a few, like either 15 seconds or 60. And I was like, let me just try some stuff. Let me be goofy. Let me have fun. I don't really follow anyone that I know. So if I mess up or if I look stupid, who cares? And then eventually started growing and growing. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm getting a win- like a- an idea of how the algorithm works. And that's the thing. Since I'm a technical person, I love being able to find out algorithms. So I think that's one of the reason why I found social media like really enjoy just something I can enjoy because it's like trying to crack a code every single time because they change them so frequently. So I just was able to experience growth through that and be able to get better connected w- way more quickly with people who have similar interests and just make friends around the world. So I think that's what I like the most is just the amount of gratification I can get almost instantaneously, which can be somewhat dangerous if you're not careful. But I always pace myself and I just, you know, try to stay within the realms that, you know, interest me or can educate me instead of just like mindlessly scrolling. I think when people talk a lot of crap about social media is because they use it from a very surface level of like, oh I'm just gonna scroll, I have nothing else better to do, whatever, I'm gonna stalk people, like stupid stuff like that. But when you use it in a way that can be empowering for yourself or empowering for your business. And just or just educating yourself from people who are professionals in their field and just happen to give you a little blurb here and there about how to better yourself. Like that's what makes it so much more powerful. I always look at it from a more positive standpoint as opposed to the negative. Any skill that you decide is worthwhile for yourself, whether it be personal growth or your business, is worth taking the time to invest here and there. It doesn't have to be like you're doing it for eight hours a day every day. It can easily just be, hey, I dedicate 30 minutes an hour trying to figure out what the hell I need to do with Photoshop to make this look like that, you know? But that's pretty much how I got into everything that I've been doing now. When it came to drawing, I liked comics. So i trace and draw until I could learn how to draw bodies and heads and everything from just shapes. When it came to acting, I would just... Whenever I'd be working background I'd, and I was close enough to the main actors, um, I would just watch them act until I understood, okay, this is what they're doing and this is probably why they got this character. Um, When it came to modeling, again, same thing. I would flip through pages of magazines, tear them out, put them on my wall, and be like, this is working, this isn't working. And I would just do that constantly for my, literally anything. I just have a little bit of, again, an obsessive personality. And I feel like that's what has helped me. But to be able to learn all these other additional skills, who knows, can end up leading to something even greater in the end.
1: Monica's hard work eventually landed her a key role on the Legends of the Hidden Temple game show. She also credits the industry for opening more roles to actors of all backgrounds.
0: So um, how I got on Legends of the Hidden Temple, that was actually a very pleasant and unexpected surprise. So I had just signed my lease for this apartment. I was going crazy moving all of my crap in oh, there'll be a random Tuesday and you don't feel like filming something. Well, this was actually one of those auditions. So this should be like definitely more of the story. Like even if you don't feel like doing it, just get it done. I submitted for a couple of things. I honestly forgot that I submitted for it. um, But I remembered it was a character I thought was really cool. It was the Mayan temple guard. And at the time I submitted to it, um, honestly, not knowing what it was. And for people who are more so familiar or are fans, Legends of the Hidden Temple is a... 90s uh, Nickelodeon show, it was kind of like a kind of like a competition show where you'd go through this temple and you try to solve puzzles and riddles in order to put together this golden monkey at the end. And it was distinctly meant for kids. Well, this time around, they're revamping it for adults. So I submitted to it. It was actually a very short audition. I had to let them know that I do have indigenous roots. Being Puerto Rican, I'm what would be considered Taino. That is our indigenous route from uh, that land. And then I believe I had mentioned I had some archery skills, which I thought would apply because it sounded like they would need something like that. They also want to know if he had any dance experience. It was kind of like out there because I was like, why would I have to be dancing? Um, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. And the audition was honestly not that rigorous. It was just like, hey, demonstrate how you would be fearful, essentially, or how you'd be scary. And I did. And I ended up getting booked for it. I started getting the emails like, Hey, are you able to come to LA? And I was like, Oh, crap, wait, this is for real. And um, going back and forth. And I was like, Yeah, I could be there at this time. And then at the same time, I'm like, hitting up my friends like, Hey, can I stay with you in LA for a little bit? Like, I don't know what's going on. But if I get this, I want to make sure like, I'm good. And I had a friend that was like, yeah, no, you're good. Uh, Come stay with me if you want. And then I started talking to production. They're like, yeah, we'll have you come in for your fitting on this day. This is your schedule. This is your rate. Um, We're offering you the role for the Mayan Temple Guard. And I was like, holy crap. Not only is this my first time in LA, but this is (laughs) my first time in LA going to be a part of a CW show. So that's when I went back and actually started doing my research. And I understood like, oh, wait, this is actually kind of like a very popular show from back in the day. And it was a really great experience overall. I mean, that's simply how I got it. I told myself, like literally in the middle of like moving in, I think a couch or some furniture, I was like, I need to stop. I need to do this audition real quick. And um, I did it with my sister too. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's so dumb. And I was like, I don't care. That's probably what they're looking for. And ended up getting the role. I was like, really excited. This was actually through Actors Access too. So, um, when I say, Hey, get on all those websites, whether you want to or not, I mean it (laughs) because you never know, you know, I mean, that ended up being like a a great geek for me because it, um, it shows up on my IDMB that I'm in every single episode of the first season. So it's something that kind of shows some type of responsibility as an actor when it comes to these shows, but that's how I got it. I'm so excited for the future of what Hollywood would be because it's starting to finally, I feel, work towards having more of the representation of who their viewers actually are. Every day now, I'm starting to see more and more casting calls put out for either just the basics of open ethnicity. That in itself means the world to me because at least it shows like, hey, you're not distinctly like, why is one, you know, Background versus the other gonna make the premise of whether or not you'll cast this character. I've always found that to be ridiculous, and you're starting to see more people push for that representation first of all because that's what they're gonna watch. I'm always more willing to watch a show if I see, "Hey, that person looks like me or reminds me of my mom or reminds me of my cousin. I can you know see more of myself in these characters, but also the stories are finally starting to really get be told by the people that they are about so I'm really excited for it. Obviously, it's something that needs work, but just the fact that now the work is actually being put in, I feel like, and you're seeing more and more of it um, happen. It, it, I think it's really going to go up from there because I feel like, because they're, people are, especially online, are putting so much more focus on being able to see more representation. Like, they're going to do that. They're going to kind of cater to their consumer in that sense. But also the stories are coming out so much more original because you're putting this focus on different cultures. A case example, like Squid Game completely blew up now. And now everyone wants to start watching different K-dramas because they realize how great the writing is, or even Parasite. This is a conversation I was having on set the other day. It's like, I'm someone that's been obsessed with some of the Asian cinema or writing in comic books because the stories were so different to me. And it's like now finally people are getting more of that exposure to where it's not just you know, the classic all-American type of look is what's getting booked. It's like, no, we want to see a little bit of everything because the stories out there are so much more vast when you do dip into these different, you know, different cultural backgrounds or different just classes, stories, whatever they may be. I feel like there have been more roles coming out for people with different disabilities. Anytime I see something that doesn't apply to me, I just post it and hope for the best. Uh, Right now, I think for Wicked, uh, the... The sister, I believe, for Ariana Grande's character. She's in a wheelchair. And they very distinctly said, We prefer people who are in wheelchairs. Please oh, really only apply if you're someone who has some type of disability. I've been seeing more for, and it, it's just weird because, like, it's how do you really push, you know, a casting call for something like that? Especially if like, it doesn't apply to most actors, they're not going to share it with their friends, but I still do anyway. Um, I think feel like part of that is also in the hands of the actors too to try to just push more like hey this isn't a casting call that applies to me that I can audition for but hey who knows who this will be helping even like i'm seeing more specifically just for deaf characters which i think is amazing because i've always found that to be very interesting too um and even like amputees and things of that nature. And I think we're even if you're talking about disabilities and representation in that aspect, now we're even getting so much more representation when it comes to various sexualities, which is or in genders as well. So that's why I feel like it's all becoming one big a snowball effect of like, hey, it may start with this little role here. But now people are like, OK, there's someone that looks like you. There's someone who acts like you, who has what you have. And I feel like it's just becoming greater and greater because people want to see more of it. I believe there's a lot that's going to happen for me within the next year. I want to say definitely delving more into tech as well on the side, aside from everything, I've been studying with that again and kind of coming into a group of other people that are doing the same thing so that hopefully I can share more of that information of how people can get technical training without having it be done in a more traditional setting in college. Because I believe not that college is bad, but um, I was something that felt that I was completely prepared, but ended up not being in the end. So finding ways for people to kind of either make that educated choice and being able to sustain themselves without having to be like, you know, the starving artist or whatever, but still be able to indulge in their hobbies with a job in tech, I think is great. Or even for people, especially with the pandemic that recently happened, so many people lost their jobs, being able to transition people who may be older and feel like, oh, I don't know anything about technology and still give them information that's digestible enough to be able to transition into a job that's essentially pandemic proof. That's something I want to do to kind of give back as well as educate myself. Of course, more acting, more modeling. I'm really excited for New York Fashion Week for next year because I walked for my first time in New York Fashion Week this year. So I really want to keep doing that, visiting New York more, maybe traveling overseas. I don't know what's going on with the pandemic right now, but I just want to at least have, if not for a job, hopefully just to be able to try it and enjoy myself. And um, I think those are the main things I want to work on. Oh, and then, of course, becoming fluent in Spanish. I think those are like my little I always have like a little list of things I want to accomplish. And I try to check it out throughout the year. For people that want to do what I do, I definitely would say um, listen to your intuition. I feel like that's definitely going to be your strongest mechanism when it comes to trying to figure yourself out just through life in general. If you want to be a model and someone is giving you the creeps, probably shouldn't talk to that person. And always have a sense of curiosity towards anything you go towards. Because I mean, to me, at least you can't research too much. But if you have the sense of curiosity, make sure you also have the initiative to start all the projects you want to start. I'm someone that is always kind of trying out new things. But I always make sure I sit down, do the research in order to do it, and I also make sure that I set aside a time frame and a deadline for when I want things done. I think that'll help so much more if you're someone, especially as a creative, when you have all these big ideas. To even though you know your creative brain may just be flowing, overflowing with ideas, still creating a sense of structure will help you propel in your career no matter what you're doing. And then as far as acting goes, I feel like being very true to yourself and being grounded will get you very far in this career because there are so many people that get into acting or just want to ask for your agent so that they can have something to brag about on social media. And they don't really usually get that far because or they end up getting so frustrated that they hate it and they want to quit because they all they want to have is that repertoire of being able to brag, oh, look, you bullied me when I was in fifth grade and now I'm in XYZ show. Never go into acting with that mindset because it won't be fun. Take it as something that it is a part of you that's a journey, that's an adventure, and it's fun and exciting, and you never know what can happen with it. With acting, you don't necessarily have to have a deadline because it, why I chose it as you know something I want to pursue it is just something that can grow with me and evolve with me as I age. So I feel like just having a very good rounded mindset is another piece of advice if you want to get into, you know, acting, modeling, anything, honestly. Thanks for listening to Creators by Moonlight. Email the show at creatorsbymoonlight at gmail.com and follow the show on social at Creators by Moonlight.